What's going on, everybody? I'm Kevin from Cigar Prop, and each and every week we come to you live on the I Tap That Cigar Show on our YouTube channel. We interview someone fun and exciting in the cigar world, and then about a week later, we upload that audio to various podcasting platforms. That's what you're listening to now. We try and cut out a lot of the stuff that won't make sense because you're listening to it instead of watching it. But if something doesn't make sense and you want to watch it, in the description is the link that will take you to our YouTube so you can watch the interview instead of listening to it. But if you want to continue listening to it, thank you. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the ITEP That's Our Show presented by Corona Cigar. As always, I am your host, Kevin, from Cigar Prop, and I am coming to you live from the Drew Estate Experience Acid Studios here on the sunny Gulf Coast of Florida. And uh, as usual is my uh, my co-host, uh, Care Viajante. Care, speak for a moment, so uh, I'm going to send Ram uh, the, the message again. I'm like, hey, hey. Wow, that's the best oh, introduction I've ever had. There's oh. uh, there's Ram in the background. Ram, we can see you. We'll be with you just in a couple of minutes. So, Care, now I really mean it. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing fine, Kevin. As you know, I'm coming here from the Stogie Road Studios and sunny but ever so bitterly cold Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah, chilly. Uh, it's uh, it's 75 in the uh, the studio here. Uh, it is uh, probably a little chillier than that where you were at. A little bit. Have my heater next to me. Um, <laughs> the temperature drops so fast after five o'clock. Yeah. Yep. So uh, uh, right on. And in the background, Jessica, say hello. Hello. Jessica joining us as always. Producer Jessica taking care of all the tickers, the things, answering questions because I ignore questions. Um, and um, that's it. Got uh, Let's start off with what everybody's smoking while I grab my cigar. Jessica. <laughs> oh, I think Kevin froze. Jessica, Kevin froze. So, um, if you can still hear me, yes. I'm, oh. I'm smoking a Pulita uh, and a Vasario. Um, hey, we got him back. There he is. He's live. Okay, so, I, I was uh, wondering if I went somewhere because I had a hard time logging on tonight. So I think something's going on with my internet. So as long as you're still here, it's a good thing I give you a list of questions. Yeah, it's so, a good uh, thing that I make sure that I'm properly prepared and I read them and I have them readily available. Um, yes, so yes, the, I'm smoking the Polita at a Vasario. The, the the Polita. Very tasty. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and I'm getting ready to light up. Um, uh, th there's someone that doesn't like this cigar. I don't know who doesn't like that cigar, Kevin, but you keep freezing, and I also Williams. believe that your what? microphone is off. Is it? Yeah, you sound very, very far away. And he keeps freezing up, Jess. So, um, I'm going to have to pull up these questions, aren't I? Kevin, 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 Shahan. Je yeah. Jess, are you going to join me? <laughs> can, you, can, <laughs> can you hear us? I can hear you now. Okay, yeah. So, uh, yeah, kind of, uh, kind of weird. So, I was saying I'm smoking a cigar that there's one person in the world that doesn't like this cigar. It's because this guy stole his nickname, uh, Mark Williams. Uh, uh, he works at Corona Cigar, uh, a big Santa-looking guy. He, he, he still says he, he, he had the name Big Poppy, 
before anybody else did. So Mark goes, when El Artista came out with a big poppy, they're like, he stole my name. He stole my name. So Mark Williams at, uh, at uh, Corona, <laughs> formerly known as Big Poppy. Okay, and then now he's also known as Cigar Santa. So. Now, he, now he's just Cigar Santa. But yeah, so he will not smoke the cigar. It's got a nice ring to it. Cigar because uh, 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 because yeah. uh, um, the Big Poppy, David Ortiz, stole his nickname. Um, so yeah, so as we're um, getting into the Cigar Medics Humidimeter Cut and Light, remember with the Cigar Medics Humidimeter, you'll always know when to hold them and know when to smoke them. So I'm at 66%, uh, which is absolutely perfect. Uh, I try and hit for 67%. Um, we usually talk about the Drew Diplomat app. Uh, they're going through the beta testing of the app right now. And um, we should beta test the damn lighter somewhere. There we go. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, everybody, please be patient. Uh, the beta testing is going well, working out some bugs. So uh, in the meantime, you can still use the, the regular Drew Diplomat app. When uh, the beta testing is done, all of your points, everything is going to transition over to the new app. So don't worry about not using the app. Feel free um, um, to use that. So, yes, I'm going to light up this big poppy, even the though Mark poppy. Williams does not like. Does I got to like tell you it. something. I'll tell you a story about the big poppy. Um, I was living in Pittsburgh. And I, uh, the uh, first year living there, I went to the uh, the All Star Game was 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 uh, uh, held at Pittsburgh, and I went to the Home Run Derby. And Did I you? Got, I got to tell you, the most amazing thing in the world is seeing the Home Run Derby. And I sat like eight, nine rows up um, the first base line, and uh, Big Poppy hit a ball, and it must have creamed off and popped up, and I caught it. Oh, right on. Do you still have it? I gave it to my nephew it was years ago. I oh. gave it to my nephew. But um, yeah, you know, season ticket holders for the for the pirates got first dibs at the tickets. And since the pirates are horrible and not too many people hold season tickets, one of my buddies had season tickets and we went. It was a great time. We, we went to a an event down at Rocky Patel Burn down in Naples, and there was a, a signing because Rocky Rocky was making uh, uh, cigars for um Ray Lewis and Gary Sheffield. Well, there was a line of people to, to get Ray Lewis' signature because you could bring a whole bunch of crap and get his cigars. Nobody was in line for Gary Sheffield. So they pulled Jessica out and the, out of line like, hey, can you can you go get David's or, or Gary's signature? You know, like, hey, can you go make Gary Sheffield feel special because nobody is in his line? And uh, yeah. So it was it was sad. Yeah, it a, that is pretty sad. It is sad. So uh, um. Not as good as catching Big Poppy's ball, but yeah, you not, know, not, well, not, I mean, still though, Jess. Yeah, you did good, Jess. Oh, yeah, okay. she 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 made, she made an old man feel good. So, all right. So, before we bring in our guest tonight, what? Yeah, Gary Sheffield. I mean, he's cool. He's cool, but um, never never comment when I smoke his cigars. He never comments. Like he's like he doesn't have that many Instagram followers. He should be commenting on stuff. So he's kind of a douche for doing that. Um, we want to take a moment to thank all of our show partners. JC Newman's <laughs> JC Newman cigars. Usually you don't say the word douche right before you introduce no. all of your illustrious sponsors. No, it's night. not a good, it's not a, it's not a transition word. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that, that, it is not a, transition. It's, not a it's not a bridge word. <laughs> it is not a bridge word. So uh, I should say them backwards because Drew Estate wouldn't care. Um, but uh, uh, JC Newman cigars, cigar medics, Amendola cigars, simpler hair and beard color. 
Great Lake Smoke Show, Excelsior Tobacco, La Aurora Cigars, Corona Cigar, and of course, Drew Estate and Experience Acid. All right, so waiting patiently in the Experience Acid green room is Ram Rodriguez. Everybody calls him Ram because I, I even I don't know how to say his first name of El Artista Cigars. A lot of people don't know El Artista. El Artista is the makers of the Big Poppy, but more important, well, not more importantly, but the uh, the Buffalo 10, the, the cigar that is mm. taking the cigar industry by storm in 2021 is the Buffalo 10. Ram, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kevin. Happy to be here. Kevin Kerr, how's it going, guys? Hey, man, how you doing? All good, all good. I'm here ready to smoke a Big Papi by David Ortiz. Not to be confused with the big papi from Corona. <laughs> That's it. Not, not, not to be confused at, at, at all. So, Randa, it's good seeing you again. It's been uh, it's been like six months since you've come through town or so since we met up. Actually, it's probably been longer than that. Probably at nine months. More or less. More or less. Yeah. yeah. Time flies, my friend. T time flies. So, uh, um, uh, I, I got to meet up uh, with Ram and uh, James from Sinistro up at uh, Corona Sand Lake in Orlando. And we got to spend some great time with Jeff, um, just smoking cigars and talking. It wasn't a business. In fact, the first thing he uh, he uh, shook Ram's hand. He says, "Hey, I'm Jeff. Nice to meet you. Don't try and sell me anything." That was the first <laughs> thing he said to Ram and uh, everybody that was in the group. But uh, what a great what a great time that was! Just smoking cigars, telling stories, and uh, that's what it's all about. It was really fun, and I still remember that cigar we were smoking that that day. It was very good. Do you? Wow. Yes. I I, I don't even remember. I remember it was like a a farm roll, but he told like from where it was it, but I, I don't remember anything about it other than it was a great cigar. Yeah, I I it must, I think you're right because I think he gave me a couple of them, and I think I still have those. I think they were farm rolls. Absolutely fantastic, fantastic cigars. Yeah. Um, so uh, um, let, let's let's get right into it. A lot of people don't know who you are, even though, I mean, even really before I started doing like the research on the show, I know when we talked, you kind of told me a little bit about your company, but I mean, you have a massive company. I mean, uh, Tobacco, Tobacco LRS Tista was founded in 1956. You're actually third generation. Um, did, now, did you, the only thing that I, I don't know and you don't remember... I remember you telling me, do you, is your family Cuban descent or are you all DR? All DR, my friend. So, so how, how far back does your, does your family go that, that, that you can trace? Um... Like Dominican roots on it? Yeah. So on my father's side, uh, they don't even know because like my great, great, great grandfather was Dominican. And grandmother on uh, my mother's side, uh, my great grandfather is from uh, the Catalonia part of Spain. Yeah. So, but, so a, a, a long ways back is what you're saying. Yes. Yes. So, so I'm a hundred percent Dominican. I'm not Dominicans as they can get. That that that's that's rare, isn't it? You know, do, do you do you see that? Because they like, said so we hear of so much Cuban influence into the Dominican and. You know, it's it's like we're in Florida. So to when you find somebody that's a real Floridian, like born here, their parents are born here. Those are like unicorns. Like we don't yeah. <laughs> we we don't see those people at all. And uh, so yeah, so you you must be uh, your family uh, definitely uh, the unicorn um, of of the DR. Um, so I so I take it you grew up 
as a little kid, I mean, uh, um, uh, at, at working on the farm, what's your earliest memory of actually being on the farm? So my earliest memory related to cigars doesn't necessarily have to be on the farm. But yep. I remember when, oh my God, I was probably five or six years old. Uh, I took my first trip with my dad. So uh, back in the 90s, we used to sell a lot nationwide, like on the island. Um, so I remember taking a trip to the west, the northwest side of the island. Uh, we uh, used to have a service. We still do, actually, uh, where we go to different grocery stores to, to sell the cigars. And I rem every now and then, my father used to go as well, just to say hello to everybody. And I think my first memory related to cigar is that one, you know, going in a little pickup truck with my dad, passing a bunch of grocery stores in the, uh, all the way to the border with Haiti. Um, in a farm, I used to, yeah, I don't even remember since how old, uh, how long ago I've been, the tradition with my dad used, like on Saturday, on Sundays, uh, we go to uh, one particular gas station to get hot chocolate. And then we hit the road to go to visit as many farms as we, as we can. Um, that used to be our Sunday tradition. When it was not growing season, we used to do other stuff those Sundays. But during growing season, we used to go uh, every single week uh, to check on the tobacco. You know, that reminds me of the Newmans, uh, J.C. Newmans. That was like they're getting in the, the car with their dad. And then just going to the uh, the various you know lounges stores, you know stocking up the the, the cigars. Um, now you had mentioned like the border with Haiti. Is, is there any tobacco grown in Haiti? There is now actually. Uh, there used to be more uh, uh, back in the in the from the sixties, like from the until the mid eighties. Uh, tobacco used to be grown on that side of the island, mainly uh, Virginia tobacco, like and Burley. Uh, for cigarettes, uh, but nowadays I know uh, there are some groups uh, trying to grow broadleaf uh, tobacco and some Dominican seeds as well. I actually tried a cigar with, with Haitian tobacco, and it was quite interesting, actually. Really, uh, care? Have you uh, have you heard that, or have you tried any Haitian tobacco? I have not. It'll be interesting to see what they can do with broadleaf yeah. because, uh, um, you know, he, um, everybody's been talking um, uh, with the crop damage um, over the last year or two. Oh, yeah. You know, bro broadleaf is going to be so hard to get, yeah. you know, Connecticut broadleaf. And I had asked a couple manufacturers, is, is there any place and, and you and you guys have farms all over and we'll get to that in a bit. But is there anywhere other than like the Connecticut River Valley that has come close to producing that? that broadleaf that we're, that we're so fond of? Uh, honestly, texture-wise and size, yes. Flavor-wise, no. At least that's based on my experience. We have years uh, doing different hybrids uh, in the Dominican Republic, and we also have farms in Ecuador, and we have tried there. And the texture like and the, the form, everything, it looks like real broadleaf. But when you smoke it, it's completely different. See, I, I would I would like to definitely try it because for me, um, uh, the texture and then the way the cigar looks, that's really appealing to me. I love the way the broadleaf looks. And actually, I gravitate towards that cigar a little bit more rustic looking. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then it does have that a, a very special flavor to it. So 
but yeah, that'd be, um, that'd definitely be, uh, uh, interesting to find, you know, to, to taste at least some Haitian tobacco. I think that would be, that would be cool. It's kind of weird that it tastes yeah. so different be, and you're on the same Island. Oh um, yeah. That, that's truth. I tried the Olor, the Olor Dominicano. They're growing on that side. And I mean, it's very good. It's just different, you know? Like, I, I cannot even compare it to the <laughs> the tobacco, the Olor we grow on our side. It's just like comparing um, a beer with wine, you know? Like, they're just different. R that different? Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Haiti is more dry. And the soil is usually more sandy with, mm -hmm. with heavier minerals, and the soil is more virgin, and that that also adds up. You know, I'm actually very happy to see uh, people are trying things like that on Haiti. It, you know, it, they are our, our our neighbors, and they really need things like this. You know, to boost their economy. They, they do, and 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 care, and everybody always makes fun of me because I don't know where any country is anywhere no. in the world. I, in, until like the earthquake that happened a couple of years ago, I thought Haiti was its own island. I didn't, yeah. know, I didn't, I didn't know Haiti shared an island with, uh, with the DR. So, uh, but yeah, so it, it's, it's nice, you know, if we can get some more, you know, boost their economy, you know, bring, bring that, bring that culture up a, uh, a little bit. At least you um, didn't think it was near uh, New Zealand. Yes. Yeah. Somewhere near, <laughs> yeah, somewhere near uh, New, New Zealand. So, so going around um, uh, with, with your dad in the pickup truck, checking all the uh, the stores. Um, when when did you smoke your first cigar? When did your dad, you know, light up, you know, either a little cigar or, or you know, okay. So my first official cigar it was when I was seventeen uh, with my dad. But the first unofficial one it was actually one that I stole from the packaging <laughs> in the factory when I was probably thirteen. Uh, it was horrible. Kids shouldn't smoke. It's yeah. Bitter. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's a common theme at all. Um, everybody that their parents worked in the cigar <laughs> industry stole cigars constantly. Everybody is stealing uh, a cigar. So, so you grew, so you grew up on the farm, you grew up around um, uh, tobacco, essentially your whole life. Then you decided to go off uh, to college. Um, um, you went to New York, uh, finish your schooling back in uh, uh, the DR, um, uh, you, basically to be an industrial engineer. Why? Why did you not choose? Because that's a pretty that'd be a pretty lucrative career, industrial engineer. But you chose to go back. You know, go to the the tobacco. Was it family pressures, or was it just like a love? You know, you just something you it's in your blood. It, it was pure love, man. Uh, I when I was a kid, I was trying to figure things out, you know? And I remember the first thing that I said, like, hey, what, like, when I grow up, I want to be, I wanted to be a doctor, I remember, when I was probably, like, eight or nine years old. Uh, then I started, you know, like, in computers, so I, I saw myself, like, in computing engineering or something like that. Uh, then when I was 17, which was when I was, I went to my first uh, IPCPR, uh, and I discovered what happens to the cigars after you put it in a big ass container and it leaves fr from the factory. Uh, I realized, you know, how big the cigar culture is and how many people are in this industry, how many great people. And that is not just a, a commodity, you know, it, it's a lifestyle. Uh, it's something that everybody's related to, you know, you make friends thanks to a cigar. 
And uh, I fell in love. I, I, I fell in love immediately after that. And I realized, like, oh, wow, like, I want to be part of this uh, culture my whole life. Yeah, you know, and, and it's and it's all about this cigar, you know. Care and I, you know, like I said that we become you know best friends over this. Um, mm -hmm. I, I remember sitting um, in Jeff's office with you and James from Sinistro and and all and, and the other guys that were there, friends of Jeff. And um, I I never, you know, it, it really was that meeting that really stoked my interest of getting more into the the cigar world, you know, as in like the manufacturing, the selling, because it is it is just something just sitting around with guys chatting, talking about cigars. And, um, it, it, I, I, it's just something special. I mean, a care, I mean, that's what carries do for a living, travel around, smoking cigars, hitting all the lounges and, you know, I know the whole cigar what, environment. It was everything yeah. about it. It was the music, the food, the people, the yeah. clothing, everything is just the lifestyle is just so, uh, intoxicating. You know, it's it, you, you, you really just want to get involved with every little bit of it. That's truth. And the most interesting thing out of it is that it's not like a like a culture in one country and that's it. I've been to cigar launches all over the world from from the United States to Europe, Asia, everywhere. And it's almost the same. You know, it's kind of the same vibe all over the place. Different details, you know. But at the end, uh, it's a place where you go, everybody greets you, and you make friends, you know, you talk with a lot of people, uh, they ask you questions, you ask questions back. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's just beautiful. It, it, it really is. And even on our side, you know, like on the manufacturer side, uh, I always say, like, being in the cigar industry is like living in a very small town where everybody knows everybody, you know? Maybe a... Uh, they're uh, you're not very close friends to everybody, but you know they are around. And if you go and knock the door, they'll be there to help you. And that's how this industry works on on my side, on the manufacturing on the island, and in yeah. Central America too. Yeah, you know, I, I I've seen that after talking with a lot of manufacturers, like off air private conversations. Um, it really blew me away when I first started getting into the uh, the business. Um, of how much they do help each other out. It's not like, it's not, it's unlike any other business in the world. Like it's not cutthroat. Like if you need something, like you just know, you know, you could call 10 people. You're going to get what mm -hmm. you need. If you need tobacco, if you need molds or whatever it is you need, like, like everybody is there to help you. Like nobody says no, you know, that that's it. Everybody says yes. And everybody's out to help everybody out. Yep. That's how we do. It, it, it's great. And now you had mentioned um, uh, farms in Ecuador. Um, how many different countries uh, do, do, does your family have farms in? Uh, so we only have farms in the Dominican Republic and in Ecuador, but we also import tobacco from all over the place. Uh, uh, Indonesia, India, Africa, a uh, bunch of parts in South and Central America and the United States as well. So now is that importing for your own personal because you're your your tobacco brokers as well, correct? Yes, that is actually uh, the main part of, of our business is uh, tobacco growing and and, and the trading. Uh, most of the tobacco that we use uh, is for resale. The, the manufacturing side is is just another uh, side of the business, another branch and we buy from ourselves the tobacco we use. So basically, we have this big 
warehouses full of tobacco and whenever we need something we take it from there wow yeah care how cool is that you know just when you need when you need tobacco you just go into the warehouse and uh just you you get to pick whatever you know and uh do, do you ever get in like a um like a like a shipment and then you you try it and it's like yeah we're not selling this this is this is just for us like this is this is too good <laughs> it is yeah i get that most of the time with the tobacco we grow you know when we have like a very good crop or and sometimes it's just a some a, a test that we are doing and we were able to get a couple of 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 pounds of this tobacco in particular i'm like okay yeah i'm, I'm definitely keeping it and it's funny because you know my father is still the president of the company and he his main business is the tobacco trading side. I handle the cigars. And sometimes I have to work behind his back, you know? So <laughs> I know I know when the tobacco is arriving, you know? So I have this guy in the warehouse like, hey, remember to put those bells on the side, you know? That's great. <laughs> now, are you doing um, um, any of the uh, the fermenting or aging or, or are you just, are you getting the tobacco in and it's going out? Um, or are you doing, like I said, you know, are you doing a lot of the long-term storage and then, you know, just keeping that to sell at a premium later on? Uh, we do almost everything I'll say, you know, so most of the tobacco that we import that we don't grow, uh, we usually buy it already uh, ready, you know, ready to be used, oh, okay. but everything we grow, we, we do the curing, we do the first stage of fermentation, sorting, second stage of fermentation, packaging, and then we either take it to the factory or resell it. So okay. we have probably 15 warehouses for, for just for fermentation. Mm. Wow, that that is uh, uh, that is quite quite a bit. Now, as in uh, um, um, uh, companies in in the Dominican Republic, are are you the largest? I cause I, I mean I, I only know of you and La Aurora. Like those are the only two that that I that I know. You know, and and I know there are tons of others. You know, um, so who's who's the? Are you guys the biggest then? There's not official like record or, or on who's the biggest, and it, like on the tobacco side, on the tobacco trading side, I'm pretty sure we are at least on the top three. I'll say or top two, maybe. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hmm. So, so with all the tobacco that, that you're that you're getting, you know, you've been in business since 1956. You've been rolling. I mean, El Artista cigars have been around since what 2006. 2007 uh 2011 okay 2011 so were were you rolling cigars before then like for other companies private label stuff or um was it or was it just solely tobacco related as in the, the the leaf we've been rolling cigars since we started uh but our main business has always been private labels we have brands that we own since uh the 80s actually but uh, right. most of them were sold exclusively uh, through some channels in particular. Uh, when I jump, jump in and decide to establish uh, a business in the States, we are based in Miami, um, is when, you know, we, we uh, jump to this other side of the industry uh, and serving to uh, brick and mortar stores and, you know, and trying to have a, a bigger presence on the cigar market. We've always been like a basically hidden in the in the background most of the time all right so so how is it today um um are you 
what's the ratio of, of private label cigars versus what you do for yourself? Are you now producing more for yourself than you so are private label? When we when I started uh, uh, working with this project, it was around 98% of the products were private labels. Uh, right now, it's around 65%. All right. So are, are you still taking on more companies or have you tried? Because I, I mean, Karen and I, we talked to a lot of companies that they've, they've put on a, a hold on yeah. new private labels. They're not taking anybody else on um, because of box shortages and everything else. Are you still taking on new, you know, new uh, business? We are kind of open. But one of the things that we are known for is our honesty. Like if, if we cannot do it, you know, we go up front to people. Like, We're really sorry. We, we, we cannot take this project. Uh, honestly, right now we are on a on a point where we don't have a lot of space. But we this year we uh, at the beginning of this year we opened a new cigar factory in a town called La Vega, uh, where there is no tobacco culture at all. And we have this whole year uh, training a, a bunch of staff. Uh, we're gonna have their eighty people rolling cigars, and. Uh, Probably by January, we're going to be making premium cigars already. Right now, we are on a stage where they already can do a value cigar, and they are improving more and more, and they are on the point where they're ready for premium. That's great. So, so we are going to have expansion. more here. Expansion. How hard was that, finding people and training people? I mean, going into a new, a new community that doesn't have a, a cigar culture, did you, did you bring in, obviously, some... Um, some people you know from the company to help train how long does that take to, so to basically what we did in a free trade zone park in la vega uh first we were lucky because it was right during COVID, and a lot of companies closed uh in that town by that time uh, that place was very famous for a lot of uh clothing manufacturing business and almost all of them sh uh, shut down so uh, we took four warehouses uh, for our operations in that free trade zone park uh, that was traditionally for clothing industry. We had to re renovate everything and started a training. Uh, we were able with the Dominican Tobacco Institute and a, a technical school, a public technical school we have on the island called uh, Infotep. Uh, they uh, brought some uh, people to train uh, the people on the cigar making uh, part. And it took us a while, but there was a lot of demand for employment over there. Uh, we put a request and we were expecting maybe 500 people to show up. Uh, <laughs> we, we had around uh, more than 2,000 people uh, mm. apply for, for the job opportunity there. So uh, we were very lucky on that side. But it takes time. It takes time to train the, 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 the staff. Uh, currently, we have around 400 people working in those facilities. Uh, we are also doing sorting and fermentation and, and a couple of other new operations there. Uh, it takes, there's, you know, a, a very long learning curve, but we are getting there and we are already, uh, you know, receiving some fruits out of, out of that community and we are giving back at the same time. So, so I'm very happy about right. it. Kev, I have a question and maybe yeah. I misunderstood. Did, did, did you say that the technical schools in the area teach cigar rolling? So you actually have technical schools and I mean, here and, you know, they, they have, you know, you could, you could teach, you know, 
automotive or hairstyling and nails. And yeah. it'd be great if they had cigar rolling. Yeah. I mean. that, that, so, so, so there's actually a technical, like how long is the program? Yeah. Like, so, so if you're, that you know, my follow-up question, you're stealing my question. Yeah. 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 I'm, exci I'm excited at line. this. I, I have interviewed hundreds of people. Nobody has ever told us this. Yeah. About yeah. School. So yeah, six months. It takes around six months. The the thing is, you know, they learn the basics. After that, they need the experience uh, because every factory has their own little process and the, that little thing that they do different. So yeah. it take it definitely takes more than six months. What we did uh, since those technical schools are in Santiago, not in La Vega, uh, we uh, basically brought the the teachers to our facility uh, to train our staff. Oh, wow. So you got the teachers from the technical school coming in and teaching your staff. Yep. Yep. Oh, wow. Care. We, we've got to take off like six months. We can do that and go uh, to school. I would love yeah. to, to have that type of schooling. Are the schools affiliated with any of the factories where, you know, when they do graduate with their certificate that the factories will then recruit from these schools? Or is it just kind of when you're finished, you're kind of on your own? uh there's a little bit of everything i know in tobacco uh, which is the dominican tobacco institute they're like you usually go there and they always have a school and after that you're on your own uh but infotep the, the other uh, it uh, tech, uh, tech school um uh, they usually affiliate with factories that need the staff i know now they are working with us with another factory in la vega and uh with a whole free trade zone park uh, where there's a bunch of factories and they are training people there and the factories then go and recruit wow. whoever they want. Yeah. So, now here, I, here in the States, we do study abroad and you can actually sponsor someone from another country to come to school here and go to school. Can you sponsor Kevin and I? Yeah, <laughs> to, 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 to study yeah. abroad. Yeah, yeah, he, he's not sticking his neck out. Uh, in a... Well, you know, you know what's the best part of everything? Both of the those of those schools are free. Infotech, they have a bunch of like mechanic, uh, hairstyling, and and you know, and yeah. cigars, and it's all free. Uh, all the companies, private companies, they there is a tax that we pay every month. Which is, I think, like a zero point zero, like oof. it's like a zero point two percent of the gross revenue per month you have to pay <laughs> in tax just to fund that that school. The good thing about it is that there's a bunch of things that that you can take advantage of, and right. you know it, it's a it's a public service. So when I need my 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 staff to be trained on fire control, for example. I just call them and they bring somebody and and you know they they give like a like a little master class of a couple of hours, you oh, know. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering. Cool. So so like like we have one of the largest automotive uh, programs at a, a technical school here um, uh, in the next town over, Sarasota. And every now and then um, uh, you get like a golden child, like like a like a, a kid that is just he has got it. He is just the whiz. And the teachers will call around to like local uh, dealerships or people they're friends with. Like, hey, I got this kid. You guys need to come over here and look at him. So do they ever call you like, you know, like, hey, we've got like this this person. He is just like, he's a gnat. Like he has just got this rolling down pat. You need to go over here and take a look at this guy. Has that ever happened? Or they, she. They, they, they do. Or she. They do. And they call every now and then. 
an interesting thing. Uh, I have a she, a girl in 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 La Vega, that, that we actually hire, and she's she's a monster. Like it's incredible. So she's bunching. She's not putting the wrapper. Only you know the filler and the binder. Uh, what we had to do with her because she's so fast, and you know. It's not like a, there's no sacrifice of quality because of the quantity. Like she's fat, fast and very good. Uh, so we have her with two rollers because she's that fast. Wow. And we usually have a little <laughs> bit cigar of cigars left for next day because she is just a bunching machine. That, that, awesome. is, that, that, that is awesome. That, that is so, so cool. Um, what, 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 what percentage of, um, and, and you know, we see all the pictures, uh, of all the factories th throughout, throughout the world and it's the ma majority women. Is that, is that still like in your new factory that you, that you brought in, you got 400 new employees. Is it the same thing? Is it, is it majority women still? Uh, it's majority women, uh, on the cigar rolling areas, uh, in like in the traditional factory in Tamboril and to, in most of the other factories in, in the Cibao region. It's usually a majority men, but in La Vega, it's majority women. And, you know, we use we like using women for the sorting part, like, you know, for sorting the tobacco because they have way better vision than us. So you know, on that side is, I'll say, 99% women. Yeah, you know. Um, Jesse, about, uh, Jesse said very, very politely, women are pickier. Yes. Yeah, well, uh, um, <laughs> okay, but that means we have a better attention to detail. I, I, I tell you, know, so That's for correct. so yes. you're 100%. So for two years at, at our local technical school, um, I was an assistant welding teacher, um, and and I and I and I love doing it. I actually went to school for two years, um, and then I become an assistant uh, instructor. And welding, women, I women are way better better welders than men, especially on the fine detail stuff, the TIG welding. Um, men just, they're, they're good, but nobody can well TIG weld like a woman can. Um, I used to love getting the women, just seeing the, the intricate work that they could do. So yeah, women do have more attention to detail and talking with my buddy, J uh, JD, Jonathan Drew of Drew Estate, he's actually got a sorter. She's a, a female, she's blind and uh, she can't see at all. And, uh, said the best sorter and, uh, um, just sorting the tobacco with the feel and, uh, said, she's absolutely amazing. And um, hundred percent blind. I don't. I don't know. That's actually super cool, man. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm probably gonna imitate him in the factory. I, like, I, I, I want to try that. I, I, maybe we can have a group. You know, that that's that helps. That helps the community as well. You know, it it, it definitely helps the uh, the community. Um, uh, but yeah, when he told me that, I'm like, man, how how super super cool um um is that? Um, so you you attended. Your first IPCPR, and you probably had to have been one of the youngest. Uh, in 2007, you attended IPCPR for the first time, 17 years old. There you are. You are, I mean, how were you received? What, and what were you, since you, you said uh, um, 2011 when you were officially um, open for business, El Artista, what were you doing at IPCPR in, in 2007? Uh, was it just on the tobacco side? Yes, um, mainly on the tobacco side. My father has been going to, to RTDAs and then yeah. IPCPR uh, since the 90s. Uh, and we, like, I remember that trip that my feet were killing me because it was a matter, you know, just going to every single booth uh, with, with tobacco samples, basically. 
uh, meeting with, with, with uh, my dad's old friends and showing them samples to see, if, you know, how the crop looks like and closing deals right at the spot. Uh, that's kind of a second thing that happened at, at, at IPCPR that not everybody knows. You know, there's a lot of tobacco trading going on there, too. But hmm. just among us, the manufacturers. I, I didn't I didn't know that. Like, so you're you're yeah. the first person that's ever said that, that there's a lot of tobacco trading going on um, at, at the show. I didn't. Um, yeah, never heard that. So how, how are you received? You know, young kid, you know, you're trying to sell tobacco to, you know, like. Like, like the, all these, the Padrones, the Olivas, the J.C. Newmans, all these old guys. And and you're like, would you like some tobacco, sir? I don't know. <laughs> I, that, that blows my mind to see a uh, 17-year-old Ram, you know, trying to, trying to sell some tobacco. Yeah, I mean, it, obviously, in that moment, I just knew the basics. And I didn't knew, you know, the, that deep part of the industry. And so it was more more of me like a backstage presence, uh, just trying to learn as much as I can from my dad uh, and saying hello, you know, to to all of his friends that I used to see all the time visiting us in the factory every now and then. Yeah, um, I mean, I, 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 that's super cool. I mean, just the things that you've seen change and then and then going back every year, just, you know, um, uh, and I'm hoping to get to my first one. I'm, we're hoping this year care uh, do you plan on going try and go this year <laughs> yeah i'd like to go i mean uh, uh, realistically uh uh i may go just to go i don't know if i'll be you know uh sporting a booth or anything but i think i would like to go just to get the feel for it um you know i think we got some plans for 2022 and then um 2023 take a look at some of the other events yeah, I, I definitely want to go as well. Just to and just and to get caught up and to see all the uh, all your friends that you only get to hang yeah. out with online. You know how how cool is that? Just to see all the people because, like I said, you you know you're busy, so you know you, you probably <laughs> don't get a lot to meet a lot of, you know, uh, um, the 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 Pete Johnsons, the Sakas, everybody. You know, it's probably your only time that you can actually meet them. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's always fun, you know. Uh, Every time you go, you know, it's basically the same every year. But I last year where we didn't have any any PCA, I miss it so much, you know? Like, oh, I miss, you know, hanging at the bar with, with, with everybody, uh, seeing all the people that sometimes, most of them, you only see them once a year during the show. You know, it's, it's fun. It, 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 it's really fun. Now, now, what about a TPE? Do you do that uh, that event as well? Yes, we do TPE. Actually, since a long time ago, my first trade show was actually TPE. Okay. Uh, yeah, back in 2012. Right on. Now, are you going to be um, um, in Tampa next weekend or this coming up weekend for the Ebor the City Cigar Heritage Festival? Uh, no, um, unfortunately, I realized uh, that was happening way too late and I'm actually uh, next week I'm going to be in Ecuador visiting the farms okay yeah so 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 uh, how, how often how often are you you know um, um, in the states here you know on, on, a, on a, any given time so I try to go at least once a month <laughs> at least to the office you know um, after a, a COVID a, you know Things have changed a lot. Now mm -hmm. I have a kid as well. So so honestly, I try to 
stay off so, at home as much as I can to, to spend time with him. Um, but on average, I'll say every three or four weeks, I, I'm in the States. Right now, I'm in New York, by the way. Oh, are you? Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah. What, what, what are you doing up there? Uh, I'm actually, I actually came for, a, a, it's my mom's birthday, and, a, and a, we made this trip as a surprise to her. Uh, so I'm here with the family, but I escape. I'm, I'm here in, <laughs> in Papa Juan Cigar Room in, in the Bronx. Happy oh. birthday to mom. Yeah, yeah, happy birthday to mom. <laughs> Thank you. So, so um, and, and then, um, um, so, so you got farms in Ecuador. Are you also traveling um, um, to, uh, you know, Nicaragua, Honduras, Mexico? Are you looking, you know, where you're getting your tobacco because you, you import a, a lot in? Are you are you hands on? Are you at those farms seeing the conditions and what's going on as well? Or does your dad do that? Uh, most of the most of the time it's my dad that does. But when I have time, I, I, I like going with him. Actually, even Ecuador. My father is in Ecuador at least four or five times a year uh this is gonna this is gonna be my first trip uh, at least this year yeah last year i didn't went either so in the last two years i have about two years without going there uh but yes and i love i love going to nicaragua i love going to honduras uh great friends over there you know a, a great people and it's different culture and every time i i go i learn uh a a you know how they treat the tobacco different comparing to us at the end we get you know basically the same result it's just different somehow in, in a couple of details so it, it's always interesting yeah now now when you go to you know uh, you know you're going to ecuador you know um uh do people find out and then and this is still you know nicaragua honduras do people find out you're in town and they try and hunt you down like like hey come come look at my tobacco come look at my farms you know, because because of how big your family is, is it always people trying to get some of your time? In the DR, we get that a lot with the farmers. Uh, in Nicaragua, we are usually go straight to to uh, to our uh, vendors, and we visit a, a, our customers over there as well. So we usually go in a very short period of a of time. So. Not a lot of room to meet new people, which, by the way, doesn't mean that I'm not open to, but yeah. I guess it is what it is. Um, in Ecuador, a little bit. You, you see a little bit of that as well. Um, we have farms over there, but we also buy this straight from the farmers and do the process, or the fermentation ourselves. And, yeah, we always get requests from people like, hey, you know, visit my farm, check my tobacco. Uh, let's do business together. All right. You know, and I didn't think about that in the DR, you know, so I, I imagine every day, once a week, there's someone like just shows up at the factory. You know, do they just show up with with tobacco? Like, hey, can you can you take a look at this? Uh, I'll say it's more than once a week uh, by like in late spring, summer, we get honestly hundreds of farmers looking to wow. sell their tobacco. Wow. Yeah. So what we do is that uh, we receive the tobacco any day and we market. And if, if we have interest uh, on Saturdays, uh, my dad meets with, with the farmer. Uh, because in the DR, we, how it usually goes, in the DR we have a problem is that we are a tiny island and it's packed, it's you know, <laughs> overpopulated. So there's not a lot of very big farms comparing to other countries. So it's usually very, very small farms 
all spread it across the, the Cibao Valley. So we we own a lot of around 30% of the of the farms. The remaining 70, we either rent or we make a contract with the farmer. But always we get requests from people that they grew independently and sometimes we buy. If there is demand, we buy. So so on an average, say say on an average month, you know, you get people several times a week coming to you. So on an average month, how how often are you? actually buying a, a, a new tobacco from someone that just presents it to you um, is it is it something that's rare or does it happen pretty pretty often it happens pretty pretty often uh, I don't even know the list of how many suppliers we have all I can tell you is like the ID of like in order for us to actually pay them you know uh, uh, for the tax reason we have to make like a report on a government website. And every time I go to finance and I know they're paying to the to those farmers, it's usually stuck like this side, full <laughs> of, of, of IDs, you know, like like dozens and dozens of, of IDs. So I'm pretty sure it's somewhere uh, it's at least uh, to 100 to 150 different farmers wow. that they go and buy and sell the tobacco to us. How do you select the tobacco? Like, how do you choose a new farmer? What is it that uh, brings your attention to, to the product that they're bringing you? Uh, it's a, I'm at, they usually bring samples. And if we like the samples, like uh, they are aware, you know, it's not a matter of like, okay, yeah, we receive it and that's it. We have to inspect the tobacco. Mm -hmm. So we have a, a schedule and they have to be, okay, bring your truck tomorrow at, I don't know, 9 a.m., whatever. So they have to be there. If they don't go to in the gap that they have, they need to reschedule. And there's a, a team over there opening a, a, every bale of tobacco and inspecting them, making sure that the quality is there. Right. Making sure it matches the, the sample. Yep. Yeah, because you know they're bringing you the best, like the best of the, what they have. Yeah. You know? No bait and yeah. switch. <laughs> yeah. So, are you, so at, at, at any point, are you going out to the farm and inspecting like their practices and what they're doing just to make sure everything is on the up and up? Yes, we do. Uh, so we have a team. Uh, we have five agronomists uh, that works with us, and uh, they all have different regions of the island that they need to uh, visit. Uh, they spend on the week four days traveling and one day building reports out of the travels they did. So, uh, and another thing is, so basically the way it works in the DR, is, at least our company, is that we have uh, three types of, of, of growing. One is our land where, you know, we manage and we pay uh, all the staff uh, and we basically take control of everything in there. So that's kind of the easiest one. Then we have the ones that we have under contract. So you come and you say, hey, I have this land. I want to grow. So uh, on the contract, we decide what, how much are we going to pay you for the tobacco that we're getting from you and uh, who's going to be your direct supervisor. And you have to follow the, our uh, processes and use the seeds that we provide. We also need to uh, give you all the products that you're going to apply to the farms because we need to guarantee that there's like you're not using anything illegal, uh, like mm -hmm. illegal pesticides or things that leave residue and, be, and become harmful uh, uh, to the consumer. So we need also to take care of that. Uh, then we have the farmers that they are independent. Where and we before receiving the, the tobacco, we need to uh, make a test for residuals to all the tobaccos that we get from them, uh, and based on that, we decide to buy it or not. 
Um, one interesting thing about us is that it, there are only four companies in the Dominican Republic that uh, are part of a program that is called LeafTC. Uh, it's from a, a firm from a UK, and it, it's basically a socially responsible growing uh, where we certify that there's not any kind of a modern slavery in our farms. There are no a child a abuse on it or like child employment or anything mm -hmm. like that. And there is a, a safe a, and healthy envir work environment among all the farms. Uh, we have been certified with DENS for 10 years from, from now. We actually uh, got audit last year uh, where they came and inspect all of our operations to make sure we're doing things okay. Oh, how, how wow. cool is that? Now, now you had said uh, um, people will, will come to you and uh, they have land that they want to grow. So you provide them with the seeds and everything else. Um, do you send someone out to the farm to like test the soil to figure out what tobacco is going to be best? Or do you base it off of like what is in the most demand? Like, like we need this. So this is what you're going to grow. Or is it basically, you know, the, the farm will dictate what, what you, you grow on there. Uh, we we test every soil. We do two tests. We do a soil test and water a water test, uh, just to see uh, the characteristics of the soil and the water, uh, to make sure we have the proper seeds and the proper nutrients that we need to apply to the farm before, uh, during, and after the the crop to make sure you get quality tobacco on it. That wow. that is, I know that is, that is super super extensive it is extensive I, um i i honestly i mean i've i've never heard of another manufacturer you know like 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 doing that that is so cool to to know that process that that you're so invested in that tobacco to make sure that that tobacco is the best that that ground can produce it's very yeah. thorough yeah it is it is uh, and it, it's beautiful and very interesting and there's a bunch of things that that you learn on the way and we are always trying new things. Like this year, we actually are working with a U.S. company that is producing some uh, growing enhancer products that are 100% organic and FDA approved. Um, and we are testing with them, collaborating with them, doing the first run um, on tobacco. Ooh. They have done it before on corn and uh, uh, hemp uh, with very positive results. And this year, for the first time, we're trying it with tobacco in our farms in the Dominican Republic. Now, is that to make the tobacco grow faster or bigger? What what is uh, what is their you know your goal of using these products? So, uh, what they say that these do like it helps the tobacco to absorb better the nutrients. Uh, so you're gonna have a better quality tobacco that might result on a bigger leaf. But the most important thing for us is to have the a better absorption of those goods uh, for us to have a heavier and a more uh, oily tobacco, which is going to result in a, in a, uh, on a tobacco that's more intense and, and with much more flavor. That, that, that is super cool. Now, wow. what, what is, now what is your um, – because this is what CARE does for a living, clinical trials. So that's basically what this is. A clinical trial for uh, for tobacco. So, how long is this going to take? You know, before you you see some definitive results. So, this probably is going to take us at least three to four years in total. 
where like we got actually gonna make a cigar at the end, you know, uh, with this tobacco that we are growing now for first time. Uh, it's just a long process, and we already have a lot of experience doing tests uh, on on farms. And I one of the things we learned uh, with with the, with, the, with the experience we have is uh, don't rush things and. We're doing everything based on their recommendation, but we are always working on the minimums, you know. So if they say, okay, you can use 2.5 milliliters a minimum for for a per liter of water, a, and the maximum 10 <laughs> milliliters, well, we go with 2.5 first and see the results, and after that, we decide whether to increase the amount or not. Uh, just you know, to, to, to keep it safe. And at the end, uh, it's a total new product. And basically, it's the same thing. At the end, we have to do a residual test just to make sure that there's anything harmful on, on the tobacco. So it takes a long time for us to do everything and realize where it, it was a good experiment or not. Uh, we have a lot of experience doing tests. And it... it there have been a lot of very interesting results of the things that we have done. There have been a lot of failures as well. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, my father actually uh, worked with the Dominican Tobacco Institute back in 2013 to create this wrapper. Uh, it's called T13. Uh, we were the first company to uh, use it, to grow it commercially. Like they have done it like, like in very small farms just to see how good the seed was. We were the first one that we were okay, like we're gonna grow a lot of it. And right now, honestly, that's one of my favorite tobacco, and I use it in most of my blends because really? it's so unique and, and distinctive. Uh, so so I, I use it a lot. And, and then let's let's uh, let's get to your blends. Um, uh, so I, I don't know, it's probably been about a month and a half. Uh, I was down at a smoke in Boynton Beach. Um, down down for a, a a big party. Friends of ours uh, flew in from uh, um, uh, Alaska. I'm telling you, I, I was down there for an entire day, and I bet I heard a hundred people. Everybody was smoking a Buffalo Ten. People would come out of the lounge, and then they're like, "Hey, have you smoked this Buffalo Ten? You heard about Buffalo Ten? Buffalo Ten? And I'm like, "Yeah, it's a great cigar. I've been smoking Buffalo Ten for a couple of years now. Um, but it's just it was uh, it was mind boggling, like. That's the cigar everybody's talking about. It just seems to um, has blown up, and, and 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 a it's a great cigar, and b the price point you can't be can't beat it. You know sometimes you get it on sale, at smoke in four dollars and fifty cents a cigar. Um, that cigar did did you did you set out to create a budget cigar, or is that just a blend you created and it just happened to be you know budget friendly pricing? How, how did that cigar come about? So Buffalo 10 uh, is a project that we actually, it took us a lot of time on the blending side uh, because we were aiming to have a, a budget product, but with a lot of value into it. Um, we focus all of our energy in having a, an outstanding blend and everything else was not the main focus. Only, you know, like let's focus on a great blend and that's it. And that's how it came. Uh, we that's why actually like we intentionally overly simplified the band and the presentation. Uh, we made it a, to look beautiful, but but very a clean and very simple. Mm -hmm. um, just kind of a way to say like you know like 
all of this is not what matters. What matters is for you to enjoy uh, good quality tobacco in a you know very good and affordable price. Yeah, um, I I love it. it. It's a I think the like you said the band is simple. Now, Kara, you uh, you've uh, did you smoke uh, any of the Buffalo Tens I sent yeah. you? Yeah, I've had them before as well. I mean, okay. fantastic cigar, great flavor. Great, great you know. cigar. And now, yeah. now the only negative I've ever heard of that cigar was from a couple of retailers. Um, and I don't know if they've ever reached out to you guys. Um, um, is is they would like a, a, a like a display because a couple of retailers because I we've been all over the country and and, and I've I've mentioned hey have you, you stocked the Buffalo Ten? It's a great cigar. It's like five dollars. And uh, some people say they would like to be able to refill a, a like a tray you know because because bundles are hard to keep in their humidor so i don't know if anybody so i do you make like a refillable tray that they can oh, we do actually we do do you so, okay yeah, the buffalo 10 comes in five packs uh they come in a little uh display uh, where you put all uh, five five packs together but we also have a tray uh, that can hold a uh, 40 uh, cigars so usually stores they start you know they initially buy uh, the display which uh, the tray where we actually don't charge for the tray you know you're basically buying two bundles and yeah. uh, and comes with the with the tray and after that they just buy refill bundles right in, okay. the, in the US market that's actually our main uh, way to sell them in, in in those trays in Europe they love the five packs they yeah. they're just crazy about five packs there all right. Well, I will definitely let those retailers know when I yeah, hear that. Thank you know, you. definitely, you know, hey, reach out. They do have trays, yeah. you know, that, that they that they can uh, that they can put out. And it's only been a few, but that's the only. Um, but yeah, I, I was just, I said, blown away. I mean, I, and I know talking with Abe, and and those things are flying off the shelf. It, it's just just an amazing, um, amazing cigar. And, you know, it's it's a budget minded cigar. So if anybody watching tonight, listening in the future, if you haven't tried a Buffalo Ten. Definitely. I mean, for the price, I mean, you cannot beat that cigar. No, there's, great cigar. There, there, you know, there's only a couple of like $5 cigars that I regularly smoke and regularly <laughs> recommend. And that's mm -hmm. definitely one, one that we, um, um, that we do now, uh, uh, care and Jessica are both smoking, uh, the Polita tonight. Can you tell us a little bit about that cigar? Like what it means and then what like the makeup of that cigar is? Yeah, absolutely. So Pulita 60th Aniversario. Uh, it's a cigar we did to commemorate the 60th anniversary of, of our company. Uh, Pulita was the nickname of my grandfather, who was the founder of, of the company. Uh, it, for me, I was in charge of the whole project, the blending, the design and everything. And I still the hardest challenge that I've ever had where, you know, I had to get the blessing from my dad, but then it was like, I mean, it's fine for me, but you know, you you, you have to talk to <laughs> uh, to mama, you know. So I have to talk to my to my grandmother, uh, just to make sure she was she was fine with the presentation and and everything that we built behind the 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 the, the brand. Uh, when I jump into into the blending side, sorry, on into the blending side, uh, what I did was that I start to see all the blend cards uh, that, that we had uh, from the past in the factory. And I realized we were using a lot back then, back in the, in the 60s, of this tobacco called Negrito. Uh, the Negrito is, a, you know, I talked my dad like, hey, like, what is this Negrito thing that I've never tried, I've never seen before? 
Uh, he told me that Wasso Tobacco, that used to be very popular back then, uh, but he lost popularity over easier to grow tobacco, uh, like Pure Your 98, Corojo, uh, HBA, Piloto, and, and all the, the ones that we grow a lot now. And uh, farmers ha had a better yield out of those new seeds, so they just stopped growing that Negrito because it was not profitable enough. Uh, I told him that I wanted to get some seeds, and we were able to uh, to get some of them uh, through the Dominican Tobacco Institute. Uh, it took us around three or four years to to bring back that Negrito tobacco from the original seeds that that used to be grown back then. Uh, but we, as a result, we had such a unique and and different uh, tobacco. Uh, it adds a lot of uh, white pepper. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of uh, nut taste uh, that are, you know, very, very interesting and with a lot of complexity. Uh, and on this cigar, we use it as, as wrapper. On the Buffalo 10 Maduro, we use it as, as binder. Uh, it's a very special tobacco for me. And actually, uh, <laughs> right now, I'm actually having some issues because uh, we are out of Negrito until, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> summer 2022. The oh, tobacco wow, really? information. I don't know, like sales of Pulita started increasing in the last couple of years. And uh, that tobacco, you cannot rush it. You know, you, you just need to wait for, uh, for it to bring all those uh, magnificent characteristics. And it takes time. Uh, it takes a lot of time for, for it to be 100% ready uh, to be used on a, on a cigar. Yeah, I smoked, I got to tell you, I... I I finished it and lit up another cigar, but um, I definitely the, the best way I could describe it was that white pepper, right? Because I, I love that little bit of the peppery in the olfactory. Um, but it did have that nuttiness that, that always kind of remind me uh, of uh, of like the Honduran Copan, very nutty, yeah. very, very flavorful and a little bit of sweetness to it. Yeah, there was like a little bit of sweet pepper. With that nuttiness um, in the background, it, it had a great flavor to it. Now, now on the the next cigar, so someone had asked, and I and I tried to do so, and I couldn't find any information <clears throat> on the. Um, someone had asked me when I was down uh, uh, down at Smoke Inn on if I'd smoked the Exactus, and I said I hadn't, and uh, and they had mentioned that it used a, a wine fermented wrapper or binder. Um, but I couldn't find any information about what the wine fermented, uh, is it wrapper or binder? And what, what is that, what is that process on? And what is, what is the exactness? So Exactus was actually the first project that I personally launched when, when we established our business in Miami. Uh, it, it was my, my first product, a, uh, it came in three different wrappers back then. Now we only have that available in the wine fermented Maduro and the Connecticut. Uh, that wine fermented wrapper uh, is a very interesting pro process where instead of uh, using only water for the for the fermentation process, we also put a little wine on it. Uh, what it does mm. is that, you know, it adds a little bit more sugar. So you need to be aware and uh, uh, make sure you're doing things right because uh, a lot of the tobacco can get damaged, but you end up with a way darker uh, leaf and uh, uh, the fermentation process is, is very, very uh, fast and 
and it helped like a very distinctive uh, a distinctive aroma on, on on the final product oh so so it's not a wine flavoring at all it's just helping the sugars the fermentation and yes. getting something yes. a little we bit we basically add wine uh, to the tobacco what under the, during the fermentation process uh, mm. for the well, the wild yeast population to grow faster and um, and bigger because uh, of all the sugars there is on, on on the wine all right now is that locally sourced wine that from uh, from the dr or do you get it um... yeah it's locally sourced wine from the dr yeah that is cool and uh, is it always the same wine from the same place or you you know trying different different wines uh for that product in particular it's always the same wine we actually have vineyards in the dominican uh in the in the uh, southwest part of the island uh so it's always the same wine uh, we have done tests uh, not only with wine but even with rum uh but wine it always gets the the best results mm. i was just going to ask you have you tried rum you know cuz I, I would i would be really interested in uh, uh, like uh, the the rum i think that would definitely you know especially a dark rum with all that sugar from that molasses I am. Um, uh, I think that would be awesome. Is it we, still good drinking wine? Yeah, yeah. Jessica wants to know: Is it still good drinking wine? Or <laughs> absolutely, okay. absolutely. Yeah, we we buy like the whole barrel, and you can actually take it and drink it. it it's it's quite good. It's sweeter than a regular like like Napa Valley wine. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you can drink it. So yes, now now she needs the wine and the cigars to pair. Yeah. Now, have you have you have you bottled or can, can people can people buy that wine or? Yes, they can buy that wine. Okay, yeah, yeah. There, there you go, Jess. We'll have to hunt you down some of the uh, some of the, the wine. Um, one for me, one for the leaf. One yeah. for me, one yeah. for the leaf. Yeah. <laughs> and and then uh, the next the 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 the, uh, the puro. I always try and say the R with a D, and I can't. The puro amber. I can never pronounce that. The that puro. Word. Yes. Puro uh, amber. Yeah. So what exactly, first of all, before we get into the cigar, what exactly is Puro Amber? Because that is something that's unique to the Dominican Republic, correct? Yeah, so the Ambar uh, is, a, is a gemstone. Uh, there are Ambar mines uh, in other countries, like in, in Eastern Europe, but the ones from the Dominican is the most beautiful ones because uh, the, the transparency and the, the colors it has are very, very unique. Uh, it's one of the only few gens that are not mineral, are vegetable. Uh, they are basically the resins of very old trees uh, that, you know, from millions of years ago. And uh, those little rocks uh, are very unique from, from my country. So uh, that's why... Uh, we were looking to have something very Dominican and very unique. And that's why uh, we, we decided to go with that name. Um, the most interesting thing about that cigar is the T13 that, that I already talked about um, because of those tests that my dad did uh, and all, all the tobacco that we got from, from, uh, uh, from those growing, uh, we were able to release this product, and uh, my father was awarded as Industrial of the Year by, by the Dominican government. That was in 2014. Uh, the Puro Ambar is 100% Dominican tobacco, a filler, binder, and wrapper, and uh, it's just a you know very good and, and, and unique cigar for, for, for you to try. 
Uh, wow. The original one used to have the thirteen, the T thirteen as as wrapper. Uh, just because of how hard it is, and with the high demand, we decide to put it as binder because uh, we get a better, a bigger yield of binder uh, out of those crops. But it's a very good and and, and interesting medium cigar to smoke. And and then the cigar I'm, I'm I lit up my second cigar I'm I'm smoking the uh, the Cimarron and I went with the uh, the Honduran Connecticut I don't you know I can't remember the last time I smoked a Honduran Connecticut cigar so I was really intrigued by this one and uh, this isn't your typical can I hate using that word because everybody uses it this is not your grandfather's Connecticut but there's there's really only a handful of Connecticut's yeah. that that I enjoy. Um, because they don't have that bitterness, like all the Connecticut's. As soon as you put them in your mouth, they have that bitterness, you know. And then sometimes it goes away. Sometimes it's there throughout the whole cigar, and sometimes it's good. Sometimes that bitterness is good. There's no bitterness, and this is one of the spiciest, like Connecticut's, that 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 I've had in a while. How did you know? Uh, talk about the, the the simmer on this cigar for a little bit. So Cimarron was actually a one of the old brands that, that we had since the 90s and it, for me it's a brand that has a lot of meaning you know when i told you that on 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 that ipcpr uh, when i was 17 that i realized like you know like like i i, I want to be in this industry one of the brands that i always loved like the names was cimarron uh cimarron is actually a in in latin america a cimarron uh, at least in the like the it, it, for the Spaniards, you know, the, like during colonization uh, times, where they used to bring a lot of slaves from Africa, the ones that escaped from the sugarcane fields and go to the mountains, uh, they were called the cimarrones. So uh, in yeah, in the United States, the history behind the word cimarron is a little bit different. There's actually a cimarron region, uh, which was the no man's land. Uh, in, in the Western times. Uh, but at the end, Cimarron stands for freedom for me. And that's why, like, even in the band, I, in the band, I put, like, a little Easter egg where you see some circles and one of them is broken. That stands for freedom for me. Uh, it, oh, wow, yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, that cigar, uh, we have it available. Uh, that one, the, the Connecticut version, I decided to go with the with the uh, Connecticut from Honduras, from the Talanga region over there, uh, just because it's so unique. Uh, you can tell it's a Connecticut, but as almost everybody, you know, I, I don't like a lot that bitterness as well, you know? Mm. So I think the, 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 the tobacco from Honduras is the one that is the least bitter out of the, the Connecticut growing regions. And it's very, very interesting. Uh, we also have it in, in Maduro. The Maduro is with, with San Andres wrapper from Mexico. That one is a medium plus body cigar uh, with a lot of citric notes, a lot of complexity. And it's quite an interesting smoke as well. And you talk about the, the history of the name uh, Cimarron is what we say. But, but Care, when you think of the word Cimarron here in the U.S., what, what is the first thing that comes to mind? <laughs> you remember the story i told you about the trainer that used to smoke cigarettes outside of the uh, locker room yeah i think you used to smoke cimarron cigars or uh, cigarettes okay so 
Okay, there so was a Cimarron cigarettes brand as well. I, I, I believe so. I, yeah. I, it, it was a, 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 a flashback from twenty yeah. some years ago, but that's what I think of. See, yeah. for me, I, I am a, I am a mechanic. I am in the automotive uh, field. So when you go into any dealership or shop and you say, "Hey," you bring up the word Cimarron, the worst Cadillac ever produced was the Cadillac Cimarron. <laughs> that car was an abomination. It was the worst car ever. But now to hear you talking about like the meaning of the word, I'm like, how did Cadillac screw this up? Like they, <laughs> they, they, they took this amazing name and they put it on the world's worst car, the Cadillac Cimarron. And uh it was uh oh, it was yeah. hor- it, it was horrible. So um but uh, I, I'm not kidding everybody. I mean, this this Connecticut, it is amazing. It is absolutely an amazing cigar. Um, and, and and even after following up the big uh, the big poppy, which is uh, the cigar we'll get to next. You know that cigar was spicy. It was bold. I was kind of afraid that this cigar would get lost on my palate. But this cigar really holds its own. You know, it's got it's got its own spice. I, I love that it doesn't have that that bitterness. And this cigar is definitely. Definitely one that, that everybody should you should try. Mm-hmm. Um, now let, let's talk about the, uh, uh, the the big poppy. We'll we'll uh, we'll talk about like what what is the blend makeup of of the big poppy. So uh, the big poppy uh, has a habano wrapper from Ecuador and a blend of Dominican and Nicaraguan uh, tobaccos as fillers. Uh, we also have the slugger, uh, which uh, all have Nicaraguan, uh, Dominican, and American tobaccos inside as filler. And the wrapper is is a San Andres from Mexico. Uh, the Big Papi is a medium body cigar, while the Slugger is a little bit stronger than uh, than that one. Both very interesting cigars as well. Okay, so those are two separate cigars. That I, I saw that on the website, and I wasn't quite sure, or not your website, but online. I thought they were the same cigar. So the Big Poppy and the Slugger are two completely different cigars. They are two completely so, different cigars. Hmm. Uh, and the Big Poppy only have one size, uh, which is uh, uh, 54 by 6. The Slugger, uh, it, it originally came in 60 by 7. But uh, by popular requests, uh, we decided to uh, launch it as a, on a Robusto size as well. All right. So, so how, how did that cigar um, uh, come about? Like, uh, um, I, I know David Ortiz, he's from the Dominican Republic. Um, has he just been friends with your family for a long time? Um, how, how did you guys get hooked up with, uh, with David Ortiz? We know him for a while, and uh, we've been sponsoring his golf tournament, his uh, David Ortiz Celebrity Classic uh, tournament uh, for a long time. Uh, he's always, he's always lo- uh, in love with, with cigars. Uh, when he was active, uh, an active player, he couldn't, he didn't smoke uh, that much. But uh, but I remember uh, every time I was there in the in the events, he was always in the next to the the rolling guy, you know, uh, grabbing <laughs> his cigars, and uh, everything started basically kind of like a kind of like a joke. So he came one time and was like, "Oh, like make a cigar, but like make." That my cigar, you know, like like a, a, like a very special cigar for me, and I told him like, hey David, you know, like what you should do, you should come to the family one day and 
it blend with me and, and let's make your own cigar. It was like, yeah, 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 we should definitely do that. And we called it for the day. But all of a sudden, like a week after, I get a call from his manager like, hey, uh, David is asking when he, he can come to, to your factory. <laughs> it's for that blending you mentioned. I was like, oh, okay. So we scheduled and we start, you know, playing around with tobaccos and we came up with the, with the big papi. Um, after that, we were making probably like 100 to 200 cigars and shipping to him every one to two months just for his personal cigars for him to, to share with his friends. Uh, but, but when he was about to retire, uh, we get in contact with him like, hey, you know, like we should make this cigar available for everybody. And it, he showed interest, but he was very busy, you know, like his last season, you know how it was, you know, he was oh, all yeah. over the place. Yeah. And all of a sudden I get this call. David is asking if you can with, with him tomorrow to sign the contract. Like, oh, we do have a contract then. Can you email it to me? Because I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we agree. Next day I'm flying to, to Fort Myers. And uh, we was actually the last uh, game of his uh, spring the, of the spring season, and that was gonna be his last game uh, uh, of a spring, It'd be right before retirement. Uh, honestly, you know, Dominican Republic, we have a bunch of baseball players, and the baseball culture is different to the American baseball culture. Yeah. So I know Big Papi was big, but when I went to that game because he he invited me there. And when I saw everybody wearing big poppy jerseys, everybody with signs, like, we're going to miss you, David, and all of that, I was like, oh, my God. You know, like, it's crazy. Yeah. How, how, you know, how, how much people love him. And after that, uh, you know, we start rushing the bands and the box and everything. And on the agreement, uh, it says that we were able to make pre-sales. So we start pre-selling the cigar during that a IPCPR, but we we couldn't sell any a, a, until he was under contract with MLB. So uh, we were just waiting, you know. Like I didn't want them to lose because I'm actually a, 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 a Red Sox fan, but at the same time, you know, like like <laughs> I wanted to bring the cigar out, you know. So after the long wait, uh, we did a small release in New York, actually, and. Ah, it's all history from there. Now, now, how now? How integral was he, like, in the blending? I mean, were is he like really knowledgeable about cigars, or like he knew what he wanted, and you know, it was a it was a tough process, or you know? So on the first blend, uh, he just knew the basics. You know, he I like smoking this, I like smoking that, but he was not very deep into it. Uh, but then after he retired and he was, he had much more free time to smoke cigar. Uh, after that, it was not the same David, you know, like it was not a matter of one or two months to send him cigars. It was a matter of probably once a week. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he, his palate developed and that's how we, we, uh, did the slogger after, because he was like, I'm ready for a stronger cigar. I want something bigger. I want something with more flavor. And he was able, you know, to give me better description of, of what he wanted for, for, for that second blend. Uh, so at first was a little bit, you know, like he was uh, a rookie. But then 
like now he's learning more and more and he's smoking more often. Seven so, by 60, you said, right? The slugger? Yeah, so that size, like we did it on that size because he wanted to. Like, yeah, I, I can't see him smoking anything smaller. Normal on my hands. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just going to say that. Could you imagine? I mean, he's a beast. Yeah. Can you imagine holding, you know, a, you know. Big Poppy's not looking for a Lancero. Yeah, yeah. A, a, <laughs> a, a petite Corona guy, he is not. Um, uh, so, Every so Sunday in his house, he's smoke, he smokes with his friends. When I'm in Miami, I usually go as well. Every Sunday, he has a group, but when he's free, like if he's at home, he's probably with a cigar in the pool area every time, yeah, as, as he should. Yeah. You know, it's uh, <laughs> uh, now, now are you blending anything more with him coming into the future or, or right now? We like are. The slug? Okay. We are, we are actually. So stay tuned for that one. Oh, right, right on. And speaking of like blending, you know, in, in this in this world, you know, care you've seen it. You know, it's always what's new, what's new, what's new. What, what do you got coming up? Um, are you always working on something new? You know, like how many different projects are you tasting at any given time? So I have a hyperactive mind. So I always need to do something during the hard COVID days last year. Uh, I was basically blending all the time. So I have a couple of good blends uh, in my pocket that I'm just waiting for the perfect time to, to release them. I've been also experimenting a lot with, with weird tobaccos. Um, I have this tobacco. I cannot, I, I still don't even want to say the name of it, but <laughs> Yeah, it's just something so unique in a good and negative way. I say negative because it was very hard, you know, to get good results out of it. You know, it's just uh, when you have you, you're into cars like you do you restore yeah. cars? Uh, no, I, I have in the past a couple of them. But okay. yeah, not, yeah. yeah, it's just when you find like this beautiful old car that you always yeah. wanted, but it's garbage. So you're just basically like you're not even buying a chassis because it's damaged. You have to yeah. rebuild everything, you know. So basically, I've been working with that, and um, stay tuned for that one. Yeah. So right on, and then and then um like like new and then like new companies coming up that want that that want cigars from El Artista. Is it is it you that they're dealing with? Are you blending the cigars, or do you have a team? you know, that, that is doing that for all the private label stuff, or, or are you really hands-on on that as well? I, I'm usually hands-on, and if, if, like, somebody, sometimes when we get people that they just know the basics, and you need to guide them through to make sure they get what they want and make sure it's actually a, a good cigar, I usually try to uh, be there as much as I can, but we also have a, a great team in the factory, so in the factory, I always say, like, we don't have a master blender. I don't consider myself a master blender. And come on, I'm only 31 years old. Uh, we have a smoking <laughs> panel. And usually we are a little bit more democratic on the decision of, of a cigar. You know, uh, sometimes I blend. Most of the cigars are blended by me. But uh, it's not, it's, I'm not the only one that give an input out of it. And... Uh, we gather, we, we sit down, we smoke every cigar, and we make a collective decision whether it's a good or a bad cigar, but in group. It's, it's, I think 
cigars are way too subjective. And if, when you have a group, uh, it, it really helps because uh, everybody gives a little bit different perception of it. And, and that always helps. That, that is, you know, that, that is nice care. Can you remember the last time that, that we've ever talked either with me and you or you personally that that's ever been the case? You know, like I said, we, we talk with these master blenders all the time and it's, and it's usually my way or the highway. It's like, this is a cigar. This is, it's perfect. And then they don't, there's no panels. There, there's no, you know, I, I can't remember the last time that it's been a, like a democratic, you know, like, you know, like, like Ram had said that, that is, that is a cool a cool definitely prospect. is like you said you get different perspectives and i know even when i was going through my blending i kevin i i have a handful of trusted folks that uh i send uh the samples to and i get their feedback because guys like you uh daryl duncan you know i i really trust their palate and 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 want their feedback because you know i may really like it but you know i'm not the consumer so I definitely want as much feedback as I can get from people who aren't going to bullshit me and give me an honest opinion and give me their their feedback on it in order to come with exactly what is going to be um, the quest for the perfect blend. Yeah, you know, so, so I like that because the LRT, the name is going on that cigar. So, yeah, why not have a panel of people, you know, giving their honest opinion? So, yeah, it, and I have quite an interesting smoking panel where we have, like, yeah, it's me. Uh, the operation manager is part of it, and the production manager as well. But we also have a, a couple of uh, supervisors. Uh, we have two of the guys that like like cigar rollers, and we have an expat that retired, and he's American but lives over there, and he's just he just goes every day to work. <laughs> Basically, he just go and sit in a rolling in a in a in a rocking chair. And smoke cigars whole day, the whole day. But he's a great smoker and a good blender as well. So, so he really adds up. And every, I always tell him, like, like I'm willing to pay you just for you to be here. You know, it's like, <laughs> ah, just get, just give me free cigars. It's all fine. <laughs> there, there, there you go, Care. I hope Jen's not listening. Care, Care's gonna go to school and then and then just sit, and rock, just sit in a rocking chair and smoke cigars. Yeah. Look, looking to see if I can get a, a fat guy and a, and a bearded guy in the rotation as someone's smoking group. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, and and uh, one last question before we let you go. We definitely appreciate you coming on and spending some of your time um, tonight. Uh, Artista Studio Works, something that you've re recently launched. Uh, what Can you tell us a little bit about what Artista Studio Works is? So as Artista Studio Works is like a space for us to be a little bit more creative and at the same time uh, support uh, uh, some of the local artists uh, that we have in the Dominican Republic. Um, we started uh, uh, now with, with an artist, his name is René. Uh, uh, René Studio. Uh, he made a couple of, of paintings, and uh, one of these is a portrait of, of David Ortiz and, and a couple of other more. And uh, right now, in this first one, what we did is to, we made a humidor uh, with the art uh, he did, and like a limited edition humidor. Uh, that way, we were able to uh, help him get more exposed and, uh, and support him as well. Uh, it's been actually quite successful. Uh, David Ortiz gave 
uh, 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 one of the those humidors uh, to the president of the of, of the country uh, a, a couple of months ago, and it was all over uh, local news. You know, David and, and the president uh, with the humidor. So so it's been it's been great, <laughs> and uh, the future of that project is is just being creative. You know, uh, we're also gonna do some uh, limited edition products. Uh, under Artista Studio Works, uh, like cigars. And also we are looking to continue supporting artists from, from my country uh, to express themselves. Uh, so let's see where, where the future is going to take us wow, with that. that's awesome. That, that is awesome. So, and I know and I know Jess was excited for that. She she loves art. She's into art. So when yeah. when uh, uh, Karen, Jen, and Jess and I come down the, to the Dominican Republic, Jess can be, you know, the art. Care can I can be sitting on one of them rocking chairs, and just uh, I also smoke you also smoke. Yeah. And, I drink, and I drink the wine. And you drink so. the wine and yeah. the rum. Jen, and, uh, Jen, Jen, will, Jen will be looking for Jen will be looking for a uh, a coffee field. Yes, Jen, Jen will be looking, looking for, for the. Oh, I have friends, and uh, we have coffee farms uh, not so far from from the factory. So the, you guys, the, the, guys, gonna have a treat. Yeah, we will definitely definitely have a treat. So that's great. So Ram, you're 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 31 years old. I mean, you're you're on top of the world right now. Um, where do you like? Where do you see yourself like in five years? Where do you want to take El Artista? Because you're you're worldwide. I mean, you're, you're you're sold in multiple countries. You're you're killing it here in the U.S. Um, what what do you what do you hope to accomplish for the company in the next five years? So, I want to continue. You know. A- creating fantastic cigars, uh, me and my team, uh, watching the company grow and, and everybody uh, uh, in there as well, uh, trying to give in a little bit to, to, to our local community over there as well. And, you know, just being part of, of this beautiful industry and, and enjoy every single part of it. So right on care before we let our guests go, any, uh, any final thoughts, any final questions? No, I just, uh, I, I love talking to, to individuals like yourself is just so excited. I mean, very knowledgeable and I appreciate just how thorough and detailed you are with every single thing that you do related to the cigar industry. Um, I learned a great deal tonight, just listening to you and, and you know, Great fortune to you and the company moving forward because I'll tell you what, it's I just get excited just listening to you talk. Oh, thank you, thank you very much, and thank you guys for for having me in. Uh, it's been a, a fantastic evening, and yeah, I mean we are a small community, and we all should all be together, you know, and, and continuing enjoying uh, this wonderful pleasure that that we have. Exactly. And anybody uh, watching tonight, listening below, in the show notes down below are the links for El Artista, uh, the uh, uh, the website, the Facebook page, the, the Instagram, the Twitter. Everything is in the show notes down below, so you don't have to remember anything. Just click them. You can find El Artista um, on all the social media. So I did all the, the hard work for you. Um, Ram, thank you. Tell your family. Thank you for uh, for letting you get away for a yeah, little bit thank with you. us. Happy birthday to your mother. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, guys. And thank you, everybody, for smoking El Artista cigars. All right. You have a good night. All right. Have a good you night. You too, guys. We'll see Thanks. you. Thanks. 
All right, it is time for the Tapping Ash and Taking Names giveaway presented by Amendola Family Cigars. Um, tonight we've got some uh, uh, some great product from uh, uh, um, uh, Corona Cigar. We have got a hat. We have got our very last uh, uh, lighter. This is the uh, the Corona Cigar uh, uh, Thunderbird uh, a Zippo. It's a Zippo with the uh, the electronic uh, Thunderbird torch uh, insert. We have got some fantastic cigars. From our uh, our fine uh, uh, folks uh, uh, at Stogie Road Cigars, we've got a couple of FSG cigars. We've got a couple cigars. The last two from uh, Jake Wyatt when he was on, and uh, he gave us some cigars to give away uh, to give away um, uh, during the season. So everybody, start typing in the word cigar um, right now, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get that going. We got some stickers, and we've got a uh, um, an Undercrown bottle opener challenge coin um, as well. So uh, type in the word cigar. I don't see anybody typing in the word cigar yet. So we'll give it a minute. What a great guy. What I mean, you know what? You, you know what I, I loved absolutely uh, about um, Ram was he said, I, I, I'm not a master blender. I'm not. Yeah. That that term is thrown around so loosely yep. nowadays. Overused. Like, you know, everyone from uh, uh, the 19-year-old heir to the company to uh, – the 50 year old guy that's only been in uh, business for a year. Everybody seems to be a master blender nowadays. And, um, and for him to, to, to make, to make it known that he is not a master blender. He, he relies on a team of people. Um, um, I just to, love to, how much they want to give back, you know, to yeah. the community and how the schooling, I mean, that is just fantastic. Yeah. Taking like care all, of the community. Yeah, all, all the stuff that they do. Uh, that's yeah, so cool. it, it's absolutely amazing, and I, and I love it. And, uh, and, and for the people that are still waiting for the winner, I need everybody to do me a favor. So uh, a couple times in the chat panel, um, uh, um, Jessica has put up for the, uh, for the Ash Quarterly. So tomorrow is the very last chance that anybody can get in on the Tomorrow Ash is the official, official last day The of official, voting. official last day of voting. For the Ash Quarterly 2021 Awards, um, you've got Woman of the Year. Please, please, uh, uh, Karen Berger, Don Kiki Cigars, please vote for uh, uh, Karen. She is such a sweetheart. She is such an amazing person. Um, uh, we, we love Karen. She's great. But you're missing but, a key component, though. What's because, that? Because, Jess, it's like he's reading ahead and he's reading my parts now. Is, yeah. uh, <laughs> is, is the cigar in the, the influencer? The, uh, the consumer influencer. The, the consumer engagement. Is a consumer engagement. See, that's the reason why you read it is because I'll screw it up. Yes. It's because you have to vote for Cigar Prop. Yes. Yeah, so, so we were we were blessed enough to be included in that. And that was and that was you, the uh the the watcher, the listener, um, um that uh before the official voting, you know, we, we were really high up there on, you know, people that, that put us in that nomination and we're going up against the biggest and the best. We're going up against wow. uh, Abe at smoke in um, a Drew estate, Drew estate uh, yeah. um, uh, JC Newman and cigar prop. I'm, I just, I don't want to be last people. I don't want to be last. I don't have to be first, but I have to not be last. If you're so not you, first. You're last though. Yes, you, you are. If you haven't voted, please, when the show is over, uh, ashquarterly.com, um, just go and vote. If you've already voted, vote again and then again. Well, if you've uh, already voted, 
thank you as well. If you've already voted, thank you as well. If you haven't voted twice. No, Jess, you don't get a thank you until you get five votes in. Then yeah. you get a thank you. Exactly. You gotta know you gotta know the over under. That's it. So uh, um so let, let's uh, uh let let's share my my screen here and um, yeah, I mean we'll, to be nominated amongst those uh you know those other I, uh, I, I don't, I don't even know pretty impressive. I, I don't know how we did it, how we got in because I mean when you talk about uh, um um cigar or consumer engagement, like like Drew Estate crushes it. There really is nobody bigger than Drew Estate. So just be, to be even in that contest with them. You gotta give it, away a motorcycle next year. Basically yeah. if you win. You're yeah. kind of screwed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I am not so don't do not, do not worry about me giving away a motorcycle. Um I got a uh so, mountain, I got a mountain bike. So so Ben, ben so Ben congratulations Irwin uh shoot me a, uh, an email Kevin at cigarprop.com and I will uh I will get you your um uh, your your prize pack out. So um, next week, next but, week there. Yeah, hold on a second. Next week there. Yeah, there is no show. Uh, Care uh, uh, and Jen uh, is coming down from Greenville, South Carolina. We're meeting up with Jessica and I. We'll be we will be at the Ebor City Cigar Heritage Festival in Tampa. So <laughs> anybody that is down there, it is going to be the biggest event of the year. We have heard so many people. So which, many manufacturers. Which actually, it's weird because it's usually really small. Like it, there's never really that many people that attend. Yeah, it, it's growing and it's growing, and they heard I, think, I, I think I yeah. think because um, uh, there all the events got canceled every year uh, this year that everybody's mm. just like, you know what, this is this is the place to yeah, be. Um, so if you, if you're down there, definitely look for uh, uh, look for Kara's hat, look for my hat, um, and uh, you'll you'll see us in the crowd. Um, please. I don't, I don't know that you're not distinct enough for people. I mean, they're just going to be like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to find Kevin. Kevin, you're like, you're yeah, that. you're going to stand yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, the hat and the and the beard. So, <laughs> so because we are going away, are going out of town this uh, uh, next weekend. We won't be doing a show uh, next Monday night. Uh, we will take a week off. Then we're coming back for the last show of the year, which is the uh, uh, the thirteenth. And then we usually take our uh, three to four week holiday break. So we're uh, going to be talking with Abe DeBabna. He's coming back again. He was on a few weeks ago. Um, we're going to be talking about the Great Smoke 2021. He's going to be giving away uh, a ticket to the Great Smoke, either wow. virtual or if you can come down, you'll you'll be able to get, get in there. Um, and it's going to be a, a fantastic event. So you're definitely going to want you definitely want to get in on the Great Smoke, because even, even just the price of the ticket. You know, you get more in cigars than you get, you know, uh, your value for, for that. Plus, leading up to the Great Smoke, they're going to have Great Smoke-only events online. Um, Saka is producing a cigar, Fuente. So many people are producing cigars for the Great Smoke. Well, that, great. So when Abe's on, he can explain all that stuff. Yeah, Abe will explain, <laughs> be able to explain all that stuff. So so, so they're, they're going to have, I think, four events leading up to the Great Smoke. To where you'll be able to buy exclusive great smoke cigars, you know, at these various online events. So, but you'll need a ticket to the great smoke to uh to to enter. Are we um, gonna try and do a live bully show from down in uh, Tampa? Probably. Yeah, I guess it's gonna depend on our um uh, our Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi situation. Everything, yeah. So yeah. um, I think we'll 
be able to. Yeah, so, so we'll pull something off. But I, yeah. I wanted to say something about the Ash Quarterly. Uh, so I wanted yeah. to let you get through all of your speech. <laughs> Um, well, you, you know, you had mentioned about the consumer engagement and the, the 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 people that you're that you're going up against, if you will. You got to remember too that they've been doing it for a very long time. They have deep pockets, and I've known you a long time, Kev. And yeah. I've, you know, when when you talked about you know uh, coming on and being a co-host, it was such a uh, I was very excited. I'm very happy to join you. But for as long as I've been watching you and supporting you, you know, you are so highly engaged with the consumer and and i think with the folks that you're going up against who do, who've been doing it for a long time and have deep pockets and can give away motorcycles i think it, you know um what you're able to do in your engagement and what you give away um is pretty impressive uh you know versus like i said the competition that you're up against so um I, you know, if your head wasn't big enough beforehand, it's probably even bigger now. Um, I would have been sure that I sent you and Jess off into the evening with you going, that's right, Jess. You heard care. You well, heard him. I was going to say something similar. Like, you know, no, you weren't. You, he was talking about how he's like, I'm going up against all these, you know, bigger companies. But look at the fact that you even made it in that category shows how much you do engage and how much you you know, you do for social media and stuff. So definitely. And it's all like, relative too with the yeah. size. And then when you take someone at your size and what you're doing and you compare them, like I said, you know, motorcycle, you know, a Bitcoin and F-150, um, you know, it's, it's pretty impressive, but you, you definitely, um, you're the only show I know who's consistently giving away prizes and gets the consumer engaged. Hence the nomination. Yeah. You know, and, that, and that's one thing that, that you know, because I, I started off doing Cigar Prop on my own. Um, and, and that was really one thing when, when Jessica came on board with, with doing the videos and being more integral into Cigar Prop is, I mean, that was her mandate. Like, we have to give back. Like, we, I, I don't think that people realize, like, like these big cigar reviewers, um, 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 whatever you want to call us influencers online. I don't think people realize how much free stuff we get. Like we get tens of thousands of dollars worth of free stuff every single year. And just to keep all that, I would, I, ridiculous. It, it, I, 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 I couldn't, I can't do it. I can't get all that stuff and, and just keep it because right. you know, like, like th these people like tonight, you know, spent, you know, we're an hour and 47 minutes in, to this show, they have dedicated that time when they could be with their family um, to just watching us, um, you know, hanging out with us, having a cigar, and to never give anything back. Yeah, it's just it's also, um, we we realize how much cigar, be, you know, being a cigar smoker can cost people. You know, yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. everybody can have hobbies, but some are more expensive than others. But in my whole life, you know, I've had help along the way in important parts of, you know, times in my life. And I always say, you have to pay it forward. You, mm -hmm. you have to, yeah. like, it, it, there is no reason to ever not be like that type of person. So that was one of the things was if you were going to do this, you have to give back. Yeah. You, you have, have to, to, because to, like Kevin says, you get that much free stuff and, and, right. you know, and, to not give it back, it's, no. it's ridiculous. Yeah, it, and, it is. You know, you know, when we started this quarter, you know, Jeff sent us, 
God, you know, I, I don't know how many thousands of dollars worth of stuff he sent us um, uh, just to 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 give away, you know, now, and I, I sent you some cigars and, but out of everything he sent us, I didn't keep a single cigar. I didn't. So I don't have a Corona cigar Thunderbird lighter. I don't have one of these. And he gave us what, six, eight, 10 of these to give away. I don't have one, you know, but you know, I have, you know, like everybody else, a hundred fucking lighters. Um, so as much as I want to uh, keep that one, um, I, I definitely want to, you know, make somebody a little bit happier. Right. So and there's people who we know can't get some of this stuff. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that's what makes it even cooler. It's like they have an opportunity to get something, you know, because there's things that we can't get either, you know, and that's why we go on other, you know, things and like on Abe's stuff, like I'll, I'll, join in one of his contests to see if I can win something that I know we can't get anywhere else. Yeah. Now, now speaking of that, did, uh, did, uh, did, uh, uh, Jen ever get her winnings from Abe? Yeah. 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 I smoked her. Very good. Yeah. Oh, I I didn't know that. Yeah. We had this. Thanks for paying attention, Kev. Like you said, Oh, Oh yeah. 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 I just, this, this consumer, uh, engagement award is yours. It should be. Thank you. So, so definitely thank you everybody for watching tonight. Um, people uh, uh, listening to the podcast in the future. Thank you very much. Um, everything is in the uh, uh, the show notes down below uh, the video description, the podcast description. Um, make sure you're following Cigar Prop, uh, uh, producer Jessica, Caraviahante of Stogie Road Cigars on all the social medias. Nothing to remember. Click on the links down below. Um, um, same with all of our sponsors. Definitely check them out. Um, once again, we want to thank all of our partners for supporting the show. Um, and I always say it, but I really do mean it. We can't make this happen without them. So please check them out. Um, thank you to JC Newman Cigars, Cigar Medics, Amendola Cigars, Simpler Hair and Beard Color, Great Lake Smoke Show, Excelsior Tobacco, La Aurora Cigars, Corona Cigar, and of course, Drew Estate and Experience Acid. And Care, what would you like to leave everybody with tonight? Man, life is short. Grab a friend and smoke a cigar. And if you don't have a friend, grab an enemy and smoke a cigar. Grab anybody. Go to your locals, uh, your local lounge. You'll find a friend real quick. You'll find a friend really fast. All right, everybody. We'll see you back in uh, in two weeks.